intro (laughs) it is is for this one (laughs) um this is mickey and jessica uh before we get into the whole record store day stuff jess uh you saw something you didn't like oh man i'm so disappointed uh i saw pet cemetery Mm. which is the only new movie i've seen just because there's so much out right now that i got overwhelmed and i was like oh my god i have to stay inside um but i did go and see pet cemetery on opening night and I walked out of the movie. It I was know. that unenjoyable for me. Um, okay, listen, it's going to have some spoilers because I need to get out all of my complaints. <laughs> um, but I'm not spoiling anything if you've seen the original movie, which is still way better than this version. I, I really didn't like it. Um, I, I We had had a conversation about it. Yeah. They basically just updated the original movie and then made a tiny little twist um, which wasn't even that enjoyable. Um, I thought the dialogue was all shitty. I felt nothing for this family. Um, the jump scares were super predictable. They overdid... Zelda in the original movie is still one of the scariest characters of all time. It terrifies me even still as an adult. I, I rewatched the uh, original version mm-hmm. um, after I saw this, and it's still such a better character the way... They uh, they involve it in the original movie. This one they overdid it. It made it laughable. It was just like, oh my god, this is this is what it takes these days to like make people feel uncomfortable. Like this is ridiculous. Um, the <laughs> what they did instead of you know Gage in the original, he dies and he comes back as this like little baby zombie, like slicing up people's Achilles tendon with his dad's scalpel. Does that not happen in this? Nobody's Achilles tendon. <sighs> they okay, do, it does. but it's so like listen. Th- it's just so lame. Like, you're expecting it, and then they play a game. They're like, we're not. We are. We're not. We are. And it's not even fun, though, the game. You're just like, yeah. you're just like, can we just get it over with? Just cut the fucking Achilles tendon, and we'd be done. But um, instead of the little baby boy dying, it's the little girl. Um, but she's just so, such an awful child actress that, like, I don't even care that she dies. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And, they call it in. They call in the whole part. Like we, you yeah. thought it's cheesy, but I really liked that whole layering of like the truck coming down, but they don't see the baby, and then like he trips by accident, and then he's like, "No!" And then it's just him screaming in the. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the only part of that whole original movie that I, it's just because it's so. I mean, it's the one moment in that that movie does is really good. The original is really good at kind of what we were, you were, the exact exact opposite of what you were saying. This one does where it's like. It's it doesn't go for jump scares because we don't need them. I mean, there's yeah. maybe a one or two, but I mean, like it's really. Cr- I mean, the whole idea I think with the with Pet Cemetery, the mo- you know, the original one, you know, the original adaptation was, hey, you know what's creepy is if some you know, you try it, it, it's the monkey's paw all over again. So like yeah. you try to bring somebody you care about back to life, and it it's, it doesn't work out the way you want it to. That's creepy. They're not trying to go for like oh you know something like again like something popping out at you last minute or yeah. you know anything like that and so like i think it was really like no the, the story inherent you know the the, the story's creepy as is let's let's play with that as opposed to like 
let's find all the different spots we can throw in some sort of a jump yeah. scare. Yeah. It so. was just, uh, it just felt like uh, a joke to me. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And, and it, it, like I said, when I saw, you know, we were talking about this and I, I, I didn't see it. Um, the first trailer, I was like, oh, I really want to see this movie. I really like yeah. John Lithgow. The second trailer was when I really, when they, when you, when you found out the twist in the second, tra- in the second trailer where he's like, you know, like I said, like, you know, something, the daughter starts acting weird and you just see him go hug your daughter. And I'm like, Ew. I was yeah. Like, and I also I never saw the new Terminator one with that actor in it, but I just don't care about that guy. Oh yeah, I definitely did not see the new Terminator. But so. he's he's in it. He plays he John. Con- yeah, he plays. I John. don't like him. I feel like he adds nothing. Like, uh, it sucks does. because in the original, I felt you know you kind of feel like this the desperation and disbelief. Yeah. And like of the dad when he starts going crazy to bury his son in this Indian burial ground, you know. I just didn't feel that here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. That's what I said to you too before. It was that like the the original movie. I think there's there's some parts in it that are like it's it's not as scary as the book. But what makes that what keeps that movie like running really well? Yeah. Um. Even when you you know even when you look past like the little Miko Hughes doll that comes flying at him <laughs> yeah, from the attic yeah. is is all the actors really they're they're hundred percent committed to this movie. Yes. You know, like Dale, and like I was telling you before, like I'm still, I'm still in awe and shock every time Dale Midkiff wakes up and he goes to like, he falls out of the bed and he smashes his head against that, that, that countertop. I'm like, that's commitment. It's like right on the corner too. It's it's like you see it. You're like, he smashed his head on the corner of that. I've definitely rewound that a few times. Been like, wait, did, yep. Did that really happen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, even, you know, like there's the scene where like, you know, um, Denise Crosby is, you know, she's talking, telling the story about her sister Zelda, and it's like this really intense scene. It's like creepy, and yeah. it's also like really sad because it's this woman's like saying, like, "Hey, when I was a kid, my parents left me alone with my dying sister. She was going crazy." Yeah. And the, the I mean, the only the only drawback of that scene is when you know he's like, "I'm gonna give you a Valium," and she's like, "I don't take Valium." He's like, "You do tonight." And you're <laughs> like, "Okay, boss." Um, but I mean, everybody in the original is really fucking great, and like, yeah. and, and again, like Nico Hughes, it's it's you know, I get why they have that doll stand in for uh-huh. him a few times but i mean as a little kid you know this is predating his kindergarten cop you know boys yeah. of a penis girls of a vagina whole thing um but he uh he's really cute he's adorable yeah. and you're he was like the cutest little fucking so when he gets it you're like oh no you know yeah and, like, and you feel sad yeah i mean that's the thing is i think that the the original for all of its flaws has so much emotion in it that it actually like it still holds up yeah you know, so that's one of the reasons why when I, I was like, I really excited at first. I was like, oh, they're going to redo Pet Cemetery. Maybe they're going to make it closer to the book. And it seems like they were like, no, 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 we're going to remake the, the movie, but we're going to make some changes. And it's they like, did. They changed the time, the ending a little bit. But honestly, I walked out. I didn't I like know. it that much that I was like, I don't even care. I don't care what the stupid ending is. I just really didn't like it. And I felt it feels bad when you are excited about yeah. <laughs> a movie and it sucks. And like I feel bad trashing it, you know, because uh, it, it's like, oh, yeah, you have these like new directors, new hard directors. And it just it's just not good. Well, I, I, I mean, hate it. Yeah, I yeah. hate it. Fuck it. Um, you and before I go into the stuff that I saw, you also did something that I'm going to be doing on the 28th. But L.A. has uh, what is it? I love scary movies. Yes. Yeah. It's so cool. It is. I. Uh, it's forty bucks, but it's totally worth the price. I mean, th- I've been to a few of those like pop up things in yeah. LA that they do like museum type things, and like, 
uh, you know, they're okay. Usually you're just like, oh, okay, that was way too expensive. I saw pretty much nothing except for like Instagram worthy stuff. But this is cool. It's involved. It looks like these movies. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's it was so much fun. It really was. Like, I don't want to say too much, but like, there's pictures everywhere on the internet. But like, they do Lost Boys. Uh, they do. Um, you know, Nightmare um, on Elm Street. I Nightmare heard. on Elm Street. They do The Shining, Beetlejuice. Um, so it's it's so cool. It I'm, really is. I'm it's super fun. Excited. It is um, timed, but like you know, you go in at a certain time. You yeah. buy time tickets, but there it wasn't too packed. Um, and everyone there was like on a good mood because they were excited about all the stuff. You know, yeah, that's so fun. like even if it was a little bit crowded, it was still like super fun. And yeah, and then that's something I, I, I I'm really excited about because like you know from what you were describing to me like there's. Uh, you know, there, I, I real, I've come to realize there's two different types of crowds when it comes to things. It's like, you know, they're one of the reasons why I like going to, you know, the Egyptian or New Beverly or, mm-hmm. or the Arrow or anything like that, as opposed to, like, the Arclight, is because people are going to the Egyptian or, you know, any of those movie theaters are there because they want to see the movie. Yeah. Whereas people who go to the movies at Arclight, from, what, from my experience, are really just there because it's something to do. You yeah. know, it's like, I remember Steve was telling me, I can't remember what movie he was, I can't remember what he was watching, but somebody, like, right in the opening credits, they, like, pulled out their phone that were like recording like a snapshot of the you know to be you know so they can start posting on Instagram yeah. it's like and I granted that's what I know you I know you're supposed to do that with I love scary movies but it just made me think of like when I went to Universal Studios last year and the Stranger Things thing Stranger Things Haunted House which wasn't scary but of course it was the most popular one because mm-hmm. you know and there was girls in front of us just like with their camera phones out and I'm like hey you know like I know you don't really give a shit and you're just here because it's something to do but like I want to be. I want people to jump out and scare me. Like yeah, I want to so be creeped out. So like, can yeah, you like, not in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah I, I totally. I, get I'm that. like, I want to have that. Like, don't take me out of the experience. And yeah, and this feels like it, it's really catered to people. Who, whoever's going to these, this, who is want go- to be in the experience. Yeah, which is a lot of what the they did with like the the sets. You know, yeah. they made them interactive, so you can, so cool. you know, like the Beetlejuice couch. I'm saying it because it's been. Posted I know. I'm times. so excited. You about can that. climb in it, and it's it's so it is so much fun. And even the people who work there, like every part I went into, I was like, oh, and there was someone standing there. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just excited. You <laughs> That's know? awesome. Like, honestly, it was it, it was super fun. I think it's until the end of June. So you you definitely have time to go um, and bring your friends. And, and I want to go again. Well, it's, yeah, let it's me super fun. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in on the 28th. Because that's when we got tickets. It's just mm-hmm. the only weekend that really made sense for, for us to go. And uh, so I will go and then maybe we'll go again because yeah. I want to I wanna go. I'll probably want to go twice. Um, Monster Fest was also ha- Monster Palooza was also happening this weekend, but unfortunately, neither of us could go. But it is still super cool. There's lots of cool vendors, lots of independent. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I I remember when I texted lots you, of things happening this weekend. Exactly. Yeah. Day. Well, yeah, but like with Monster Palooza, like I was looking at the, um, you know, and it's gonna be funny in hindsight when I when I explain what I mm-hmm. did later on today, but um, earlier today, but. Um, you know, when I was like, when I was looking at who was going to be there, I was like really excited, and I was like, oh fuck! Like, I, I, the reason why I don't go to stuff like Monster Palooza is like, you see all these people that are going to be there. Like this year, Paul Rubens is going to be there, and yeah. that's like a huge deal to me. Um, I would have gone there and spent my entire day in line just to yeah. get a picture with him. And it's tough because Ooh. it wasn't just him. I was like, uh, Chris Sarandon was there, and I was like, that would be fucking rad to see Chris, Chris Sarandon, who you know, for you know, listeners who don't realize or don't know who he is. He's uh, Prince Humperdinck and Princess Bride, but he was also yeah. 
uh, Jerry Dandridge in Fright Night, which yeah, we did. And, and handsome, like, uh, yeah, and yeah. like, and and the thing about him is like, he's, mom lover. He's done a few horror movies, and he's not ashamed about it. Like, he he's mm-hmm. one of the first people that you'll see in interviews be like, I mean, he waxes intellectual about Fright Night on that documentary. Um, he did. I mean, he fucking shows up in Bordello of Blood, that mm-hmm. really awful. Yeah. But I mean, like, he's like, he's so enthusiastic about it that it'd be oh, like, great. yeah, and it's like, oh, this is great. I want to like. I want to get my picture taken with him. So it's like, how do you divvy up the time, you know, unless you're yeah. going to buy, go all weekend. And and the idea of waiting in line for anything seems like a terrible thing. Except. <laughs> yeah, except I spent um, I spent five hours today. It was record record store day. <laughs> and I got to Amoeba at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, there was people there already there for, like, hours. I mean, like, literally, there were people, like, in sleeping bags. It was. That's weird to me. It is very weird. I mean, listen, I I get wanting something so bad and then you know sure but like i feel like a lot of those people are not that type they're the type that's like can't wait to put this on ebay immediately and sell it for three times yeah how much it's worth yeah i mean it's what happens with mondo like they'll put up a poster um that somebody did and you're like oh fucking they announced it on twitter and then you go on there it's already sold out and yeah. then within five minutes it's on ebay flipping for like you know so it starts up at 40 bucks yeah, it just seems rude for it's it's just so it's it's so frustrating, but um, the reason why I waited was because, and the funny thing is, like, I don't even think I needed to wait that long. This was not, not that this wasn't something that people are looking forward to, but with Record Store Day, for those who don't know, um, all the independent, a lot of independent record stores, I can't say mm-hmm. all of them, but they, a lot of them will participate in Record Store Day, and there are specific releases that are exclusive to Record Store Day. So, uh, for example, there was a, uh, a collection of, like, Aretha Franklin singles. Um, oh, there, yeah. yeah. There was an Iggy and Pop. movie st- came out. Yeah, exactly, and, like, um, unfortunately, there was like they so they listed released a bunch of soundtracks. They had the Crow soundtrack, so I was waiting in line to try to get that for Jess as well. Because um, Amoeba had this very specific system that, it, in hindsight, again, it makes sense because it's, it's like it has a purpose. It has a purpose. It, there's a rhyme, you know, rhyme and reason to it. But they have a menu. You check off what you want, and then eventually, as you're getting progressing towards lines, like somebody will take your order and they go inside and they prepare it for you, so that when you go in there and you slap down your little like stub or whatever it is yeah. you get. Your order is pretty much ready. They go and grab it, but stuff sells out. And I went to go get um, Blood on Black Wax, which was this book by 1984 Productions that in, in uh, collaboration with Rue Morgue, where like, uh, and it's a book all about horror movie soundtracks mm-hmm. on vinyl. And the, spe- the it's coming out in May, um, and it's totally worth getting. It's a great coffee table book. Um, they also did, um, 1984 Productions also did, or publishing also did, um, Ad nauseum, which was this Michael Gingold book, which was like all of his his personal newspaper clippings of advertisements for movies. They compile it all into a book. It's really, oh, really? cool. Yeah, so it's like all the you know. It's, and I'm funny thing is the reason why I got it was because I remember when I was a kid, I would do the same thing. I would like cut out yeah. like cool pictures from the newspaper listings, like where it says like playing at these theaters and it has uh-huh. the listings. And so he, you know, and he grew up in New York, so, like, he has, I mean, it's, like... That's awesome. It I is. I feel like people forget about that. Like, you know, you see memes, and it's, like, we used to have to check the newspaper to find out what, how movies were playing and where right. they were playing. And some <laughs> movies, and the thing is, like, the, and these aren't movies that were playing, like, you know, some of them only played at, like, two theaters, you know? Like yeah. This was, so it's, like, kind of exciting to see all the... A lot of the times you look through this book, you know, you're seeing a lot of advertising that, like, you've seen before. Like, it's a, it's a movie poster, but then sometimes you see something that they... They didn't release like a, a like a, a marketing 
pitch mm-hmm. or hook or whatever that they didn't release before. And like, oh, cool. it is, it's really cool. And like, you know, and then, you know, it, it goes through the decade, uh, it goes through the 80s. It goes from like 80 to 89. And so we get, year by year, you get to see all these like things. So anyway, the same publishing company did this book, Blood on Black Wax. And all it is is just about horror movie vinyl. Dude, and it's cool. It is cool. And I was it, looking through it when you brought it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, looking looking through it, even the covers of the original vinyl are just like way cooler than they are. I feel now. Yeah, yeah. a lot of like older movie poster type too. Still like, just yeah, it's, so it's, much cooler. It's awesome, and like what's cool is that each when they talk about each movie or each soundtrack on there, they also mention like, hey, this has been re-released by. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, cool, I can get that, you know, like, uh, and it's funny because I was looking at me on one hand, so I waited five hours, and the reason why I waited for this specific release is because it came with a um, it was signed and it also came with a uh, a seven inch uh, prom night promo mm-hmm. which is really cool you know but I was flipping through the book you know there and then you know when I got it and then when I came over here and it's just it's I have a lot of these vinyls and mm-hmm. a lot of these soundtracks and it's like oh great I spent 40 bucks on a book to remind me of all the <laughs> money I've spent like um, but like it's it's really cool and and the cool thing too is a lot of the movies we've covered on on here are represented yes. in that book like you know like for example trick or treat uh fright night mm-hmm. um not the movie we covered just you know just now but i, I kind of wanted to mention real which quickly. i'm kind of listen it would have been a perfect record store day release it would have and, and we'll get into that in a second i just i kind of wanted to go over because i while you, while you watch pet cemetery i you know you had a mickey i i did i had a sleaze and cheese fest and uh i don't really want to dive into it too much but i just kind of wanted to go over some of the stuff i watched um I watched Screwballs, which was a Roger Corman uh, produced Porky's ripoff. Um, oh, really? I feel like I've seen a, like a. I've never seen it. How can you rip off Porky's? Very easily, apparently. Yeah. Um. I and I read about this. I, I read about this movie in Joe Bob Goes the Drive-In when I was in eighth grade, and then I was just like thinking, I was like, you know what? I need. It sounds really familiar. It, I don't it's, think I've seen it though. A bowling ball <laughs> at, at some point ends up on a nerd's dick, and all the girls in the movie. Have to, uh, to like uh, like all the, the the hottie you know girls like they all like make kissy faces at him to like help him get the bowling ball off and then eventually in like oh so and it his goes, boner yeah gets and the and, and, ball. and, it, and it, of course the ball goes flying down the lane and I bet you're wondering I, what, what 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 happens when the is ball it a strike it is hundred <laughs> percent a strike um, and uh, it was just and it's it's so fucking stupid and awesome and I I, I loved that I also watched. Um, Primal Rage. I don't know if you ever heard of this movie. No. All right, I'm going to describe it. I you know can Primal Fear. Was that Richard Primal Rage Fear? was 80, 88, 89. The, the director was either, the, I think he was the son of Carlo, Carlos Rambaldi or Carlo Rambaldi who did the makeup effect, or who created E.T. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie about a, uh, an experiment about rage and a monkey's infected and it bites somebody and they get infected with this rage-like virus and so, like, every... Or it's specifically, it's like, I'm, like, watching the movie. I'm, like, how can 28 Days Later yeah. say they did not take... It's it's not as, it's, it's, it's not as good or as, it's a little bit goofier, but it's it's I'm still watching. I'm, like, oh, so now they just become these... Like, they become kind of like zombies, but really just super violent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's 28 Days Later if 28 Days Later was, like, a teen slasher film as opposed yeah. to what it was. Uh, but it, it was still pretty decent. I watched though a movie that I think you'd really like called Eyes of Fire. Mm-hmm. Never heard of this movie before until I saw the trailer for it on a compilation, and it's basically The Witch, but made in 1980 or 81. Yeah, and it takes place in um, it takes place in middle, you know, like pre um, pre uh, American Revolution. 
Okay. You know, um, but it's kind of the same gist of like, you know, a bunch of religious. Over religious. They get, they get kind of exiled into, you know, and they have to kind of make their way into the woods. And of course, there's something in the woods. And there's it's something in the woods. Yeah. And the special effects aren't, uh, they're, bi- they're a bit dated, but it's a pretty solid film. It has some good moments. I watched uh, uh, Humanoids of the Deep, uh, Roger Corman film. Uh, fish dudes or fish creatures raping fish women. dudes. Yep, that's what they are. <laughs> Weird fish dudes raping women. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I can't. I mean, uh, it's okay. Uh, Invasion of the Blood Farmers, which has its uh, ups and downs. Yeah. I, I, Invasion of the Blood Farmers is this really, really schlocky '70s horror film. But uh, my when I was growing up, the guy who introduced me to like you know a lot of stuff I was into when I was a kid, like my 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 surrogate older brother, um, he was the basis for a, a pretty. I guess at the time a pretty big uh, deal gloom metal uh, metal bands called the uh, Blood Farmers and they were named yeah. after this movie so I finally wanted to watch it. It's ridiculous. It's uh, you know <laughs> characters are wa- you know like they they shot in daytime the whole time so even uh-huh. when it's supposed to be nighttime the characters are like what are you doing still awake and I'm like wait what time is it supposed to be in this movie and it's yeah. like it's because the sun's like bright and shining and uh, that was awesome and then um. I watched uh, Psycho 2, which I was telling you, which yeah, I'd never seen before, and it is I, really fucking good. I've never seen it either. I, I don't even think I remember it existing. You will be, you watch it, and you'll, you know. When did it come out? 80, 81? Yeah. It's really good. Um, it's it's really, I had never seen it I'm before. I'm curious. It's on it's streaming, and I, as I say, go for it. It is worth checking out. Um, on HBO, you said? Yeah, on HBO. So if you all have HBO, Psycho 2. And then uh, last but not least, I watched Horror of Party Beach, which was this really low-budget film made in 1960-something mm-hmm. um, at a beach in Connecticut. Oh, really? I, I didn't know there was beaches in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, they're not good. I mean, like when, when you think of beaches, you don't go, oh, well, no obviously you're talking about Connecticut. Connecticut. But your beaches are trash. Well, yeah, and that's where this movie was shot, and uh, it's it's like this crazy rock and roll, you know, monster movie that takes place on um, a beach. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's pretty stupid. Um, I would check that out. But um, Record Store Day. I, Record I, thought Store this Day. Mo- I thought this movie was a good choice for Record Store Day, Fuck. given... It is. Aha, see? Because we were t- we were texting about it earlier, and you were, like, uh, you were like, I don't know, it's a bit of a stretch. And I was like, maybe she's right. And and I think so. No, as a, but only if, like, I think it's a great record store day if they did the re-release. I want yes. someone to do it so bad. If anyone's listening, someone yes. riot so we can get this made. So Jess and I watched The Gate, uh, made in 87? Yeah, yeah. 87. With Stephen uh, Dorff. Steven, baby Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Uh, you know... A lot of people saw this when they were kids, but based, long story short, two friends um, end up opening up a gateway to hell and like or the, something. Literally the hell mouth. Yeah, uh, in his backyard, and um, you know a lot of the the plot points come from the fact that the best friends like no no it's like it's just like this record it's just like the liner notes in this record and you're yeah. like that is so fucking eighties and cool. Um, I think you know I'm, I'll say this and I'm gonna let you kind of talk about it, but. Uh, I think the gate, especially you know, watching it recently, is one of the most perfect sleepover movies it's, ever. It is because it's not too gory, but it's very scary. Yeah. So you you know, like I, I feel like, uh, and I, my friend Sarah, we were talking about this movie before, and she said it traumatized her as a kid, which is valid. There's like lots of like weirdly 
like dark emotional things like yes. you know the friend just lost his mom and then you know these demons are bringing her back and he's like dancing and hugging her and all of a sudden it's the dead dog like that's so fucking dark and i know like, i'm tired because i've been up since like five in the morning because i was getting like teary-eyed during that like during those scenes i was just like first about the dog and then like the, the, mo- mom. the mom i'm yeah. just like yeah, go ahead. Um, go but on. no, I, it is. It's it's kind of like still a perfect movie. Like I'll go to bat for this movie. Yes. More than most, I feel like because it is so funny and like really enjoyable. Um, it is a time period piece, but like that's what makes it so good. Yeah. And like we we were laughing about it before, but the little stop motion creatures. I think they look like, pretty meh, solid. Meh, yeah. Meh, meh, meh. They do, and they're like still funny, but like really creepy because they bite and like. Yeah, and they make weird grunty noises and oh, like. It is a perfect sleepover movie. But it's funny because like you know, and, and one of the reasons why I said that is because about like um, the last time I'd watched this up and you know till just now yeah. was, um, I want to say two thousand and. 11 or 12 and it was when I was living in Hollywood and my roommates I told this before my roommates and I would have we were broke so we would have you know movie marathons yeah and at first it was just us and then we started opening up to be like hey tell people you know we tell people to come over and I remember I have a very fond memory of all of us the first movie on one of our marathons was The Gate and we're all sitting around and people are on the floor and people are on the couch and we're all just and it was like for a second I felt like I was like a little kid in somebody's basement again watching it Except for instead of soda, we're drinking beer, you know? And, yeah. And instead of chips, I'm smoking a cigarette in the living room, you know? It was like, it was fantastic. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, this movie still, it, there's something about it that still holds up. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why is I was, I was uh, doing some research, and, and the writer, uh, Michael Nankin, apparently mm-hmm. when he wrote this movie, he had, first off, it was a much darker film. Still had kids in it, but it was much yeah. darker. Um, but he was saying that he learned that um, this this was a learning experience for him because, you know, you think that when you're when you're writing a movie, because everybody sees a movie, you need to write everything, in you know, generally, you know, mm-hmm. because you, you're trying to yeah. you're trying to reach out to this massive audience. But w- what he found with the gate was that the more personal you keep it, like the more uh, universal it becomes. Because mm-hmm. even if they, somebody can't relate to the specifics, they can relate to certain. Like, oh, like, yeah, I had a relationship like that with my sibling. Or, yeah. oh, instead of my mom dying, I had this person die, and it, like, it affected me the same way. You know, like, there's something about it. Like, the more personal you are when you're writing, um, the more, like, people resonate with that because yeah. they can relate to something to that Human effect. And I, and I think yeah. that there's something about the gate that's just, like... It touches a piece of yeah. adolescence that... And it, it just reminds me of, like... I mean, everything about it reminds me of being uh, that age, you know? Uh-huh. Like... Um, being the Stephen Dorsey's, being the sister's age, you know, like that kind of like, yeah, that that contrast, you know, and um, I mean, I just I fucking love how fucking dark this movie is for it's a kid. It's so PG. dark. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I the, mean, it's only PG thirteen for a second. I like looked at the rating because I was like, damn, is this rated R? But even though it's like not graphic, right? Well, the um, you've been bad scene, like yeah, what is that scared? I fucking am still scared of that when he's like, you've been bad. But then he tears his dad's face off, and you're Ooh, like, and then it's like all goopy and, and like, like liquid what? is just yeah. <laughs> or or so the fact scary. that like you know at one point like when you know uh, his best friend begets when his best friend gets sucked into the gate or what have you and like and then shows up again in the closet like biting on his hand yeah. the way they get him off him is like stabbing him like in the eye with a barbie do- teeth like beaver teeth are just like tearing into his little hand yeah and and, and honestly like, i really love steven dorf in this movie but yeah. lewis tripp who plays the best friend like he really liked that scene when like you know again with the mom when yeah. he thinks he sees his mom and then um 
you know, later the next day when he goes oh, home. This poor dead dog. Yeah. Being carried around everywhere and thrown in holes and like. But there's this, like, this, 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 this sad scene where like Lewis Tripp comes home, you know, it's like after he's, you yeah. know, after the dog's dead and Steven, and Steven Dorff's like, you want to come over later and mess around? And you're like, man, that has a whole other context when you get older or, you know, in this day and age. But he's like, yeah, sure. So he, you know, he comes home and uh, there's like a note from his dad saying, you know, uh, out on business, you know, yeah. food, whatever. And like, he just like he crumples up the letter and he like tosses it. And he's just so like, you're like, oh, I just yeah. feel for this kid. And so like, you know, he's all alone. It's a, you know, we were just talking about how the girl, you were just saying how the girl in Pet Cemetery, little girl, is not a good child actor. I think all these child actors really kind of nail it, you know? Like, yeah. Comparatively speaking, you know, from from this movie to the new one, yeah. you're like, why couldn't you just learn to yeah. act? Why a couldn't bit? you be like Steven <laughs> Dorff who cries after when he's when he's levitating? Yeah, the most perfect actor of our time. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's really weird watching him too because I'm like, you know, part of me is so used to seeing him in this movie from when I was a kid, yeah. but now also part of me is used to being like, oh, that's that's Steven Dorff from the movie Blade or SFW or yes, I guess I or didn't True Detective dot com or. Fear. Um, yeah, and True Detective more recently with Mayor Charlotte Ali. I, which uh, I did. Which I thought, uh, who is it? Know. Jeremy Saulnier? Saulnier? Um, no, yeah. He, well, I thought he directed he was... the first two episodes. Okay. I, thought he, he... I think he was set to direct the entire thing, and then um, so I don't know what happened, but uh, he only directed the first two episodes, and then other people, including uh, what his name is, Nick. Pazzolato. Yeah, Pazzolato. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, it, it's really he's really great in it. Yeah, I mean, like. I mean, it makes you go, oh yeah, Stephen Dorff, what a he's a good guy, and like yeah, and he's been acting his entire life. Uh, obvious, yeah. So it's this little Canadian film that, like, you know, again, it was Is just this Canadian. Yes, yes. It was supposed to be. Uh, well, I mean, the the screenwriter is American, and he originally was supposed to direct. Um, the story goes, he was supposed to direct um some other movie. It fell through. He went into a very dark place, so he wrote this. So movie. he wrote Mansquito. <laughs> no, no. you're thinking of the director. I'm thinking <laughs> oh, of, of you're the right, screenwriter. You're talking about the screenwriter. Yeah, so he wrote this. You know, he's in a dark place, and he writes this movie to kind of like uh, purge himself of all this, like just whatever. And he writes this really dark film, and then um, a Canadian company ends up taking over, and they're like, you know, we're going to make your movie, but somebody else is going to direct it. Um, but you know, and of course, they kind of water it down so to speak, to make it more kid-friendly. Because yeah. they were like, we don't want to make a kid, we don't want to make a movie with kids that isn't for kids. Yeah. Which, it's funny because, like, I, if this is watered down for whatever reason, I know. I then can't I can't imagine. imagine. Like, the rated R version would be. Right. And, like, and so, uh, but Tybor Tickax, I think that's how you pronounce his, la his last name, yeah. he's he directed it. And the interesting thing about him, he goes from the gate to, he directs this movie called I, Madman mm -hmm. with um, Jenny... Right in it, and Jenny Wright was in Near Dark. She's the the female yeah, lead, yeah, yeah. and she's great. And it's like this movie about she's like a Hollywood, a wannabe Hollywood actress who's like works at a bookstore and reads this like cr like this horror novelist, like kind of like a nineteen thirties Stephen King yeah. who went crazy and killed himself, or so to speak, or whatever. And he starts coming back. A lot of stop motion in that one too. Uh huh. Uh, and it's okay. It does. It doesn't have that same charm as the the Gate. Um, and then you know, Cyber Tactics uh, directs the Gate too. Mm -hmm. uh, which has the friend in it, Lewis Tripp, but yeah. not Stephen Dorff. Uh, and it kind of more explores his fucked up, you know, like... After this, after his yeah. mom dying, after closing the Hellmouth. Yeah, which he didn't even do. He was, yeah, he got he got, he got in the Hellmouth, yeah. but he didn't... Yeah, um, Stephen Dorff uh, fucking saves the day with... like and, and His sprockets, which is also the most childhood 
thing ever, you know? But that's one of the things I like about it, because it's not just about the rocket. It's about the fact that he had given the rocket yeah. to his sister. And so the whole idea was supposed to be, which the is like... love rocket. Right, when I was like... <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. When, he, like, when, he, when, I was, when I was a kid, I didn't understand when he's like, he yells, happy birthday, and, and when it's going yeah. off, and I'm like... Happy what? Oh, it was supposed to be for it's the fact that it was a gift for his sister. Yeah, remember he was all mad and it's, he like wrapped it all nice and then like tore off the wrapping and was like. Mm. Yeah, and like you know, it's like, like I said, like I just I must be really tired because all of that stuff was getting to me. I was like, yeah. oh, I I'm remember my this. rocket that I was trying to give my. Sibling. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'm feeling this. No, I told you the story about how I went to my like second cousin's 16th birthday party. Yeah, and it was a lot like. The birthday party that you are know, the, the not the birthday party but the party they have yeah. there except for the with minus the levitation thing you know and like but and and the, the kids were a lot nicer. Oh, to but me. we would do that. That maybe that I always thought that was like a you would do light as a feather, you know. Yeah, sip as a board. Levita- yeah, that was every sleepover I did. We did that. We did a Ouija board once, but we never did a or twice, but we never did like a Ouija boards always scare me. I don't like fucking with them. I don't know why they. I mean, it's a piece the of wood. The exorcist got to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But. You know, and that's exactly what my aunt said when I told her that we did it. We played with Ouija board. She like unloaded on me, and she's like, "Haven't you ever seen The Exorcist?" Which I hadn't yeah. seen it yet. Oh, w- really? So you know, when I watched, I was like, "Oh, okay, I see what she's talking about." But I've still fucked with them since. But I um, won't. I don't even like being near them, to be honest. I've never, not in my adult life, have been near a Ouija board. I don't know what it is. I am a staunch disbeliever, but I just don't like being around them. I don't want to fuck with them. I'm that person in the movie that's like, absolutely not. You guys go ahead and summon some fucking demon. I'm going to be normal over here. Okay. All right. And then (laughs) I was just going to say, like, I was going to say one of my favorite lines in this movie, but it's just so not PC. But there's the, one of the things I love about this movie is the dialogue between, specifically between Stephen Dorff and those two, those sisters. Oh my God. Just the back and forth between them is just so fucking priceless you know and there's just one line that she says to him that i'm like i i i can i'll say it you know when we're in the privacy of whatever but it just cracks me up every yeah. time um because i'm just like god what a, what a crappy 80s you know comeback comeback or, yeah. or you know it's very 80s it's very 80s but you it's know still, it's, it's still not appropriate now you know yeah it's funny though. um but it is funny um but yeah so like you know it, i'm i'm the i'm probably more along the lines of like the the the, the best friend in this movie who's like yeah, let's do this, you know? Like, he's gung-ho, you know? So, um, would you I, know? See, I feel like at, at first, you know, because you're like, wow, you you want to be suspended in disbelief. But, like, I'm more like Stephen Dorff when his best friend is like, no, man, it's in the record. Like, it says right here. And I'm like, come on, dude, a record would have that? Like, no, we're dealing with, <laughs> with some, I would be Stephen Dorff. Right, but, but I would, would also but, save the day. But you wouldn't want to play with a Ouija board, whereas I'm, I'm the one who wants to, be like, to... I feel like I'm the character. If in the I had movie. to close the Hellmouth, I would use one, but not like. I regularly. love how you keep saying Hellmouth. Like you're, it you're is making, the Hellmouth. You're making hell a Buffy reference, and I, I know am. you are. And it's, it's uh, the Hellmouth. Um, but uh, no, I'm I'm probably that asshole friend who like starts all this stuff because I'm like, let's do this, let's do this. like yeah, I would, like um. Let's listen to this record backwards. Yeah, exactly. So they at one point they listen to the record backwards, and it gives them the instructions on how to send the demon back. Now the. The record is just so fucking cool. It's so cool. The perfect record day release. How would the how the, I mean or record or just any release like how did they not release the soundtrack to the gate on vinyl oh, with just with that? that? Yeah. I want it right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I I love it too because like the, the trick or treat poster I have in my apartment has it's like it's supposed to be a benefit concert for uh, Sammy Kerr and it lists all these bands that are gonna perform there mm-hmm. and they're all fictional bands like Beef from Phantom of the Paradise, yeah. um, the band from The Gate, you know, all mm-hmm. these different bands that just don't exist only in horror movies. They're they're the listed as the the who's playing and I just love that. But yeah, yeah. I mean th- to me before. I'd watched it again 10 years ago. My my memory of The Gate was the scene where his friend is wearing the Technicolor yeah. <laughs> blanket as a as a hood and he's doing he's like uh-huh. lip-syncing the the weird incantation on uh, the album. Like that was always the scene that always stood out in my mind. So, uh, I felt like it was a good record, st- you know, given that today yeah. is supposed to be honoring Perfect. vinyl, you know, and uh yeah, I I, th- I think so. You know, here's an interesting fact about this movie was it was supposed to be remade. No, really? Yeah, it was going to be remade in 3D. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of glad it wasn't remade, but I think they should release it in 3D. Um, this G- version. Though. Supposedly, allegedly, Giger was supposed to design the oh, creatures. Oh, really? The director was supposed to be Alex Winter. Really? Interesting. Like, very interesting. For those of you guys who don't know Alex Winter is, he's of course Bill from Bill and Ted, who is he is and he is a he is a director, you know, in his own right. And um he was but apparently he was really excited about this movie. Well, like, I bet he probably well, enjoyed it, it too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's like he he came off, he never came off as like you know, a lot of times you have these directors who are remaking a movie and you just get a feeling that you get a sense that they're like they're doing it because it's a gig and yeah. it's a good gig. But he was like, I love the original. I have kids of my own. I know it scares them. I also know it mm-hmm. makes them laugh. I want to be able to, I, I can't wait to bring that to the table. And it's like, oh yeah, you do kind of sound like you knew what you were. I know. It is It is like little points like that are, are just so scary, especially like when you're a little kid and you're scared and you're running to your parents and then you there's that realization that they're also evil. Yes. You know, like, oh, it's just so, it's too much. Well, you know, it's funny. and the like safety th- is false. One of the things I really like about this movie is how it does kind of, like, t- you know, play up with the whole childhood fears yeah. thing. Like, the opening of the movie, he's having, you know, Stephen Dorff's having this dream. He's wandering through his house before he goes out to the backyard and climbs to the tree. And you're like, and, you're, you know, even when even though it's a dream, you're still like, dude, you, it's windy. It's really bad out. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't climb up there. But he walks by a TV that's playing and the TV's playing some sort of horror movie. And if you watch what he's watching or mm-hmm. watch what's playing on the TV, it's like something like, you know, like a weird, like somebody plucks their eyes out and puts it in like something. Yeah. And then it's like the eyeballs like kind of floating around. And it, it's perfect that like he's, ha- he has this nightmare. And then later on in the movie, he has the eyeball and the, the eye hand. hand yeah. So it's like, it, it's those little things where like, you know, something you saw, you know, or something you had a bad dream about, kind of, you know, how that can really affect your, uh, also, yeah. it also has my all-time biggest fear, which is being attacked by moths, moths which is like, I, moth I'm, I am a moth slash butterfly phobic person. There's like, like I said, there's like four or five other people in the world who have this yeah. phobia, <laughs> but it, they, it does exist because I've actually looked it up. Of and course like, it does. There's like a name and a thing mm-hmm. for every fear. And, and me and Nicole Kidman both have this fear and I'm like, see? Nicole you know, Kidman, uh, yeah, oh. Academy Award-winning actress Nicole Kidman shares my 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 phobia, you know. Um, but like for me, it's like that little jar of moths that he has. Like mm-hmm. fuck that. Like, and there's that scene where his friend like he puts him in the jar, and Stephen Dorff's like, "Isn't that cruel?" And I'm like, "I like where you're going with this, Stephen Dorff, yeah. but I totally am gonna give this one a pass because fuck moths, fuck butterflies, <laughs> like kill them all." Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that it really holds up. It so does. It's really fun. And, and, you know, I honestly, the one thing I wanted to say too, is that like, I think that, you know, when you, when, especially with Stranger Things season one, season two, and now season three is coming mm-hmm. out, 
you know, you hear about all these different influences that it ha- you know, on it, like the Goonies. Oh, of or, course, but yeah. This I think has more of an influence than anything else. Not so much like in a lot of of modern. Yeah, but especially with Stranger Things, where it's like Stranger Things is like it's a it's a show with you know with the, the leads are kids, but the tone is very much like. Yeah, it's um, like an 80s tone. Yeah, it, it, it has this tone where it's, like, very dark. and um, Yeah, like, not, um, yeah, it's, like, emotionally dark. Yes, yeah, and and that's one thing that I like about the, the game, and I think the reason why it still holds up is that it's not just dark for the sake of being dark. Like, there's some really heavy shit going on, and, yeah. and watching, you know, and, and, hey, look, I was thinking about this earlier, too, when I was a kid, you know, when, you, when anybody's a kid, but when you're a kid, like, the... Everything you experience as a kid is amplified like times a hundred. Yeah. You know, like. Yep. My parents wanted me to go to a family reunion one year, and uh, I was like devastated because it's like I'm gonna miss an entire weekend. Some people's lives happen an entire weekend. Mm-hmm. We ended up going to Niagara Falls, and there was like a bunch of haunted, ha- like you know, like those like you know haunted house attractions yeah. and stuff like that. And so I just spent the whole time like, and I had like the best time in the world. I got to be a kid in a completely different way, but like. Yeah, when I, when you're a kid, everything is such a big deal. So that's what I like about this movie is that it, it doesn't make light of that. It it kind of embraces it, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was you know I would I would I would wait five hours in a line for the soundtrack to this if it was released. It I would too. That would be worth line time. And and you know it'll be, I, I want to close on on you know my I'll I'll, I'll say my piece and then whatever, but like. Um, if you are going to something like Record Store Day or anything like that, don't be a fucking asshole. Like, yeah. don't just buy shit just so you can flip it later and, and make. And so that somebody who like really wants yeah, it, yeah, who waited in line, yeah, for or really wants 24 it, twenty four hours, yeah, mm-hmm. fuck that. Like, don't do that to somebody. Like, don't be a douchebag. Um, that's that's how I feel about Record Store Day. I love the gate. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. Yeah. It's a great film. It is. It's really fun. Yeah, it holds up. And uh, I think that you should sit down with your kids if you have them, and and show them this and show them this and then, terrifying movie, right? And then spend the next few nights just telling that it was just a movie and everything's gonna be fine. Call and your kids and just be like, I "You've been bad." <laughs> I think it's important though. I think as a kid, you should get fucked up here and there. Like as far as like you know what you see, yeah. I think you need to get scared here and there. Um, I think that it prepare kinda, you for adulthood. It builds character. <laughs> so build character with your kids today. <laughs> you know, um, maybe, you know, show them the gate or, you know, play them some music, you know, play them some music forward, play them some music backward, show them the gate and uh, build, get them, get some character built in there. <laughs> you know, make them, we need the next generation I'm to be a, 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 <laughs> yeah. a bunch of, sca- we need more scared Stephen Dorfs. <laughs> That's all I have to say. No, true. He did. He saved them. Yeah. Because he overcame. Yeah. And he did it. He did it because of love. And yeah. there's just love no. Rocket. Love rocket. That's it. <laughs> I do. I really. That's that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we all we need we need more Stephen Dorfs in the world. So get your kids scared nice and early. True. All right. All right. So all right, um, we have some. Eight. Yeah, we'll have Customer some cool episodes uh, in the future. We're gonna have some guests. I think that's what we're planning. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. On our Instagram and Spotify. And Spotify. It's actually been really cool. You yeah. Know? I've had a lot of people being like, hey, I, you know, like that I know being like, oh, my God, that's awesome. I'm already on Spotify anyway. Yeah. So and it's free. You can listen to it free, too, off Spotify. Free. Yeah. Well, free anywhere. We don't charge now. for this, this <laughs> level of entertainment. We should. We should. We don't. This you comes, can listen to us for free. This is free, my <laughs> friends. So I'm going to go to bed and, uh, and go, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. and, and uh, I'm going to count down the hours until Game of Thrones comes on tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. We release this on Wednesdays, but we record on the weekends. The weekends, yeah. So Game of Thrones would have happened. Oh, well, there's one more thing I wanted to add. As a post, as a post note to last episode, which was your birthday episode, we watched Event Horizon. Uh, I just want to let the audience know that after we watched Event Horizon and Matt went and it left and everything, Jess and I followed up with an, another '90s horror movie. Just just watching it for the sake of watching it, that was a hundred times better. I don't know why we didn't do it. Do the episode on Fallen. But Fallen is a great movie. It is a. I, I was like so it's, into it's it. Underrated. It's an underrated Denzel movie. It is. I and I had never Fallen? seen it before. And really? I was. Like, I feel like I've seen Fallen. I, I feel like I used to. It's a dad movie, so yeah. like I used to watch it with my dad over and over and over again. Uh huh. Oh, it's great. But yeah, I had never seen it before, and I was like, this was the '90s horror movie that we should have watched. Yep. So. It's like a horror detective mystery. It was great. I love it. It was yeah. great. I'm, I'm just I'm just lamenting the fact that we. I don't think it's better. It's, it's so just much better. Different. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to get into this whole apples and oranges thing. I mean, they're both fruits, and they're both fruits that came out in the '90s. And one fruit happens oh, to be a lot sweeter. I love, it. I love '90s horror. Yeah. Well, if they were all like Fallen, I would totally agree with you. Fallen was solid, and. Yes. Um, and yeah, all right. So that's that's my. I just wanted to throw that yeah. in there because I remembered it when I was Until looking at my notes. Until next time with more with more surprises. Yeah, yeah, we will have surprises. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. There is a passageway to the most evil place you can imagine, a gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs. It's not too late.